All right, welcome. This is the Built for These podcast, episode 26. It was intended to be a phone call with my man, Dan Duda. However, I can't get a hold of him. So, I'm going to start without him. If he calls me, we'll answer and uh, we'll just go from there. But anyways, I'm sitting here. I'm all hooked up to the equipment, so I figured I would... uh, at least do a solo podcast. Today's Sunday. It is December 13th. So I guess you could say we are, I don't know, I guess you could probably consider this midwinter. I mean, it's usually pretty brutal by now. We've had two small snowstorms. One was wicked early on in November, I believe. Um, the weather hasn't been bad at all as far as painfully cold. Uh, it's been livable. Not too much salt on the roads. Today was a gift from Mother Nature as far as wheeling goes. Um, it was 55 degrees today. So me and a few people, um, John from Hackshack Racing, uh, Josh Greenleaf, Greenleaf Motorsports, and uh, my buddy Jake Strait, And some other people I'm not thinking of right now, Uh, we hit Ma Bell for a little morning session, which was kind of cool because Josh just got done swapping his Cherokee, uh, LS swapping it. So he's got the LS in there with the, I believe, a Turbo 400 all hooked up. So he he was ready to test anyways, then this, you know, 55 degree day came along. So it it was pretty cool as an excuse to get out and it worked out really well. I tell you what, it was pretty cool. I can't wait to hear his uh, his opinion about it. But that Jeep, if anybody knows Greenleaf um, and you've wheeled with his Cherokee, you know that the Cherokee is far overbuilt for its drivetrain. It had the stock Jeep straight six in it. and uh, And we all knew that, but I tell you what, today... Seeing it with some real power, it's not even anything crazy. It's a pretty mild build from what I know. Um, it just worked so smooth. It wasn't struggling. Everything worked flawlessly. Uh, it just goes to show that the suspension, drivetrain, axles, things like that were way overbuilt for the powertrain that was in it. But, you know, he put power in it, and it seems to be working uh, seamlessly, so... You know, maybe that's a magic equation with a, you know, a not totally purpose-built um, in one-shot vehicle, you know, something that you have over the years, you know, go with the chassis and the suspension and steering and all that stuff before you go throwing horsepower at it because when you finally do, like, a, you know, Josh today, it was incredible how smooth it looked, man. Even just, you know, when climbing up something or backing down off a ledge, and going in and out of gear, just with a little bit of power behind it, it just looked so much more enjoyable to drive, too. Um, so that'd be cool. I can't wait to see what his opinion is. I'm, I'm sure it's pretty similar to what I'm describing. He, he had a big smile on his face the whole day, making V8 noises. <laughs> at one point, he was drifting around trees um, just because he was excited his tires could spin. <laughs> um uh, John from Hack Check Racing was there as well, and uh, 
driving around in the Jeep, which is supposed to be apart right now. In fact, we were supposed to go over his house and take it apart this weekend in preparation for King of the Hammers 2021. But, uh, unfortunately, I mean, I haven't officially heard them say they're not going yet, but I'm done. I'm not going. I'm done. I've been suspicious of it uh, up until this point for a quite a few reasons of looking into it and things like that because it's kind of a big deal to shut down the shop and and be away from my family for a week so I've been really looking into it and feeling it out and creeping on my California off-road people and uh today well yesterday I believe this race called I think Rage at the Prim or something like that I believe it's in Nevada but the gaming commission came in and shut down the event like in the middle of the event there I was following people's stories like Darren Parsons and he he had done qualifying. They were pre-running the course. So like the event was on and I don't know what happened. They just stepped in in the middle of it and canceled it. So uh, uh, if the whole state of California is shut down, businesses are closing permanently. People are losing their uh, careers. Something tells me 100,000 people in the desert is not going to be allowed no matter what form of testing they think they're going to have. Um, so I'm not going to risk a you know, a week-long trip, plane tickets, RV reservations, and things like that to uh, play games of California. I'll just go next year. So I asked John and Josh about still prepping the car and just... Uh, prepping Josh's and and we can take a swing at you know we'll concentrate those King the Hammers efforts and and funds to be honest uh to maybe hitting a minimum of a, of a minimum of like uh like three northeast races you know uh Renegades on the Ridge uh Pennsylvania Roush Creek and uh Line Mountain uh, I think it's called Dirty Turtle Off-Road Park. I think it's in Kentucky, maybe? Kentucky. No, not Kentucky. Uh, West Virginia? I don't know. I know there's some racing in West Virginia. But regardless, there's plenty of stuff we can do a few months from now when hopefully the government chills out with events and things and and all the people have their lovely vaccine and things like that. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, something to look forward to, I guess, and just chill, not be on edge for the next month and a half, wondering whether or not someone's going to pull the plug on KOH when we have so much invested in it. I'm sure it'll be fine for people Midwest and over uh, to the West Coast that if they start headed there and it gets canceled, it's not that big of a deal. But for us, we're so far away. It's such a big operation to get out there and and not only get like the race car out there and like John's toter home, but you know, that that's only half of it. Then there's the pit crew. Then there's, you know, everybody else that's involved. That's the big operation, you know, where everybody sleeps, feeding everybody, things like that. And when you prep for that, that's a really big deal. And to have it canceled, that's where you would really have the loss, I think. Um, so, uh, as negative as it is and disappointing, hopefully, uh, I'm making the right decision. I don't know what the other guys are going to do, but I have a feeling they agree with me. So we'll see. I don't want to ruin King of the Hammers for myself as well. It is such a 
such a dream come true coming going there. I, I still can't even believe I went the first time. And I don't want to ruin it with like a disaster trip. Uh, so I'd rather wait till next year when I know it's going to go smooth. I hope Ultra 4 is okay. I know, you know, I know how running an event goes. You know, I, I helped John with Truck Fest for lots of years here and, you know, in South Hadley and much smaller, but still I know, I know how much you have leveraged financially and, you know, at the level of King of Hammers, you know, you're leveraging all the people, you know, in government and things like that, especially in a time like now to, to make it happen. They're really banking on it happening. And I, and for their sake, I hope it does. And I hope they have a decent turnout and, and uh, you know, the good outweighs the bad, but man, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I hope it goes well for them, but I am not doing it. So anyways, uh, aside from that dark note, I have, seeing as I'm not going to King of the Hammers for the next two months instead of uh, pinching pennies and, and making sure I'm all caught up in the shop, well, I'm going to do that anyways, but uh, I'm going to unload the shop truck, the little Ford Ranger, and I'm going to finally get a van. I want to work on more vans. I love working on vans. I like my van customers. I like building vans. I like how there's a lot of things that haven't been explored uh, modification-wise with vans yet. And I want to get into that more. So that being said, it only makes sense that I have a van. So the new shop vehicle is going to be a van. I don't know when or, or what it's going to be. I'm hoping it's LS um, for the sake of just maintenance and having parts and being simple. Uh, so an express van or Savannah, which is a GMC version. I want it to be a 3500 because I want it to have a 4L80. I do not want a 4L60. I'm not sure if the 2500 has a... Because I think you can even get a V6 2500, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. We'll see. But I want a 4L80. That's the answer. I know it won't go bad on me with some maintenance. And then I know if there's a 4L80 in there, there's a LS in front of it. So that's what I'm looking for. I don't care if it's rotted out. If it's really badly rotted out, I'm going to do a reg like a cabin chassis. And I'm going to do a like a tube bed in the back if it's in good shape. I'll uh, probably just make a cool roof rack and bumpers and sliders and have my logo wrapped on it. So those are the two paths I'll go down. I'll lift it. Um, and if nobody buys it or I don't upfit the inside and try to sell it, I'll probably, I'll probably take the IFS out of a 2500 HD Silverado, control arms, diff, transfer case and uh and probably four-wheel drive swap it i don't want a solid axle swap it because i'll probably use this as an excuse to itch my ifs obsession uh i keep having thoughts of ifs swapping my jeep which is probably pretty ridiculous uh seeing as my jeep's a street machine that really just drives up rocks once in a while with flat you know tires on beadlocks so it doesn't see any stress or any 
feel like I'm already convincing myself that I need IFS and I'm not even halfway through telling you guys. Anyways, I have a problem with IFS. I really want to do something. I'm sure it stems from watching all the West Coast guys, trophy trucks and, and stuff like that. Terra Crew uh, YouTube channel definitely doesn't help the cause. Uh, so maybe a van with Wicked Cool IFS and coilovers would be cool in the future. Um, what purpose that serves for business, I don't know. Maybe people want to pay me to design suspension for the front of their express vans. <laughs> Probably not. But uh, it'll be cool for Instagram, and Instagram uh, runs the world. So that's what's important, right? Right. But um, point being, and I haven't been putting too much effort into this, but you know, the alignment machine was the first step towards off-road vehicles only. This is an off-road shop. I want it to be off-road vehicles only. Yes, I work on cars. I do regular maintenance. Most of you probably don't see it because I don't upload those pictures to the Instagram. Uh, I only upload pictures that pertain to the theme of this business for this exact reason. That's what... Uh, that's where I wanted to go one day. Um, so it started with the alignment machine, but but I don't know. It kind of, the normal maintenance of regular vehicles, you know, Miss Johnson down the street has a flat tire, things like that. It's kind of naturally going away because people show up and they want simple work done. <laughs> and I tell them, hey, sorry, I'm, I'm two, or, two or three weeks out because I'm doing these big projects that are, you know, specific custom work to off-road vehicles. And so it's good because that's the work I want to do, man. Um, I don't want to be behind, and I'm really not. I mean, we're in the first week of January scheduling-wise, but that being said, another part of getting the van is better advertising because I just want to do off-road stuff. And to be honest with you, I'd like to angle it towards the van end of things. I'm doing my regular suspension upgrades, winches, skid plates, things like that, but... I kind of want to start building kind of next level uh, van suspension, um, designing things that make them more capable while still driving good on the street. It's hard with these vans, man. They're so big. They're so heavy. Uh, getting them to perform off-road isn't that big of a deal, per se, but... Um, but once you get that big 10,000-pound rig working good off-road, it's hard to keep it stiff and tight on the street and on the highway when the wind's blowing it left and right and you got it loaded with fluids and your family and all that stuff. So I kind of want to take my rock crawling world uh, knowledge and apply it to the van world. Uh, a lot of the suspension I'm installing is more ride based yeah there's some lift kits and some other things that make dampening and whatnot better but it really improves the ride on the street the most to be perfectly honest um so i and i don't know what the market is for like off-roading vans but i intend to find out with the shop van <laughs> i'm assuming once i start you know legit uploading videos of the thing crawling up my bell that then maybe uh, maybe I'll start attracting some customers that are interested in things like that. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm just rambling on about <laughs> crazy ideas I have. 
I'm so if anybody has a line on a cheap van that um you know what would be perfect is an express van that has been creamed in the back, totaled. But the cab's okay. That'd be perfect. Even if the frame's bent, I'll build a new frame. No problem. Uh that would be ideal. The problem with vans is they are clapped, especially uh express vans or econolines. They're clapped out by the time they're used and like cheap. And I hate to spend good money on one that I'm going to chop up like to the extreme that I intend to, but um you know, I I yeah, the, by the time one is in the price range I'm looking for, a plumber's had it for 10 years and has loaded it till the bumper scraped in the ground and driven all over the northeast and it's got 200,000 miles on it and they never service it. They just bring the jiffy lube. So that's, you know, I'm prepared to as well as cutting it up, deal with that, but uh you know, if anyone's got a line on one that sounds better than uh what I'm talking about, let me know. Call me. Uh let's see what else is there to talk about. Well, the vaccine's out. Um, we're in the dead of winter, so hopefully by the time we hit some warm weather, uh, we got some off-road events that'll actually happen. I want to, you know, like back in the day running Truck Fest, we would try to set up booths at car shows and stuff and and just be a vendor and market and talk to people and that's all I want to do I want to get my logo printed all over my pop-up tent park my jeep in a parking lot set up a table and uh hand out stickers and talk to people I can't wait I want to go to races with Greenleaf and Hack Shack Racing um I want to work in their pits I want to stay overnight I want to camp out with race cars smell race gas yeah I'm hoping the spring looks good um and uh, I'd be interested to hear what everyone's plans are, if they're even, I don't know if anyone has the heart to dedicate the plans yet for the springtime as far as uh, putting events on and stuff, aside from Randy Oakley from Vermonster 4x4. He's dedicated all the time. The, the aliens could be, there could be a meteoroid the size of uh, Virginia just flaming in the sky coming towards us, and he would still be putting on a mud event. That man sees no end to <laughs> this road of uh live entertainment and mud events uh yeah so i don't know guess we're not gonna hear from mr duda here so let's cut this thing off at uh, a short little 20 minute podcast thanks everybody for listening um i hope off-roading is going well for you i hope your building your vehicle and you're as excited to see everybody at events in person like humans are supposed to when the warmth comes back in a couple months. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening.